This week, the little boy of the basement in Hamilton's Custom House finally gets a segment, and why the Ghost Meter Pro is so cool. Now this is kind of my go-to. I absolutely adore talking about the Custom House, and there's reasons for it. I mean, most haunted place in the city of Hamilton, the city I am from. It was a place that I did ghost tours through for many, many years, and I absolutely adored it. Now, this says stories of the tour. Uh, some of them would be considered a little over the top. And if you've been on my tours before, you know when I talk about an over-the-top story, the idea behind that is if it's a little bit too much. It's a good storyline if you're watching it in a horror movie, but when it happens in real life, not so much. Because we know. It's strange how we know deep down what a real ghost story should sound like. And we know when it crosses over a line going from the believable into the insane. And we realize that. You know, some people might not, but most people, they realize that. So a horror movie presents a ghost in a certain way. And yes, it's scary. And yes, the jump scare is going to make you jump. The cat's going to jump out of the closet and make a real hissing sound. That just That's normal in a haunted horror movie. But in real life, you expect it to be a little more subtle. So we know it's real. So some of the stories in the Custom House tour are a little over the top. And for that reason, I mean, if it ever did come back in the future, fingers crossed, that would take more of a fine-tooth comb to it and figure out, you know, which stories, maybe try and find the original sources, etc., etc., etc. But one of the stories that really held water inside that building was this little boy spirit in the basement. Because it checks all the boxes. I mean, the the building's history supports it and the fact that it was a school at one point in the 1800s. I I forget for how many years, I believe at least a decade. Uh, So the children were inside the building. Children probably would consider that, you know, a a pivotal moment in their life. I don't know if any uh, kids, you know, um, had any tragedies inside the space that would create energy for the ghosts. I don't know about that. But there are stories related to children. So it matches. And the other side of it, it's, it's subtle. You know, the things that occur with the little boy in the basement are believable. In the sense that the most vivid experiences happen to the most sensitive among us. I'm talking about legitimate psychics. And the other experiences that happen, just kind of a leftover evidence that this little boy is down there. So if you've never been in the Custom House, uh, I'll give you kind of a rundown. It's one of those old Romanesque style buildings. It was a government building. You know how um, like the White House in Washington, D.C. and the, the Capitol building are all based upon Roman and Greek architecture. So it has that kind of feel to it. It's much smaller, though. So it's got the first floor, the second floor, and the attic, and of course the basement. Now, originally it was only a two-floor building. That's why if you look at it from the outside, you're like, how does it have an attic? It's a two-floor building, but there was a fire. And after the fire, they created the attic. They used the unnaturally high ceilings to create another floor. And that's how it was. So the basement has stayed original. 
Most of the rest of the building has been changed in some way, the first floor only a little bit, but the basement remains exactly the same. So you have that kind of uh, leftover energy from the original time when the building was first built, and I'm talking about the 1850s. So when you walk down into the basement, you come into this open area. This is where the modern washrooms are. There's an elevator there. So as I say, it wasn't 100% changed. It is it's kind of incorrect. So there were some changes. So you walk into this open area. It's very lit up. And then on your left-hand side, there's this closed steel door. And most people, they don't go through that door. Most people, they just go to the washroom and they leave and everything's fine. But when we did the tours inside the building, we went through that door. And that door led you to an amazing space, this uh, very old-fashioned space. They painted it, so it was, it was more white. I can only imagine how it looked originally just with the stone. It must have been so dark in there. So you have uh, this open space. Um, you have a room on your left, which was used as kind of like an arts room at the time. On your right-hand side is the infamous vault. This is uh, connected to the story of the Dark Lady. It is connected to the story of the tunnel that collapsed under the building. I believe I told the Dark Lady story. I might cover the tunnel one in the future. And then if you go down the hall a little bit, there's another door on your right-hand side. Now, many people, they just look at it as a utility room. Beside, they like, it's just another utility room. But no, it's not. It's actually quite significant to the history of the building because inside that room is the original basement stairs. Now, when I say you came down the stairs to the washrooms, those were the stairs that were added after the fire. So they had to have an access point that goes up to the attic so they created a, a, a stone stairwell that's very modern that went from the attic down to the basement. So those ones are the modern stairs. And people have asked the question, where were the original basement stairs? Because they were missing when the building was first reopened as a karate dojo, I believe in the 1980s. Now there's a story behind that as well. Again, future episode, we don't really have time right now. But let's just say the basement stairs are there. Uh, when you walk into the room, the stairs are in front of you. She's these old, wooden, structured stairs. These, you would expect to see those types of stairs in the basement of a historic house. And it's very interesting because at the very top of the stairs, it's blocked. So you can't walk from the basement to the first floor using those stairs anymore. It's blocked. So it stairs to nothing. And the reason for that is because the folks who run the building today is the Workers' Hearts and Heritage Center. It's a blue-collar museum, uh, dedicated to the blue-collar workers, I should say. And there's a museum display that was placed behind the grand staircase where the basement stairs used to come up. So you can walk back there past the statue of Alexander Wingfield, who, by the way, wrote the original Dark Lady poem. And in the back, there's this display. So they covered it up so they'd have more room for displays. So in the basement, it looks creepy. In the second floor, in the first floor, it looks cool. Now, in the basement, when you go up those stairs, um, maybe about the third step down, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, one of the steps is kind of whittled away a bit more. It's worn out. And some people have said that that's where the little boy sits. Uh, there's probably a natural explanation for why that stair is more worn out to the rest 
maybe historically if they brought uh, servants brought things up those stairs maybe that was the one they stood on before coming around the corner i mean there's natural phenomenon that can cause it but it doesn't mean that the little boy spirit isn't there so this is what's been talked about for many years over the years of us doing the tour we relate that little boy to the school that was once inside the building and for the most part the experiences that we've been told is that he's not unrested and what i mean by that he's not restless in any way he's uh, said to be very calm and many people have said they've seen him sitting on the stair just looking bored now this all leads up to a special event we held in the building it was then called the costume ball eventually it'd be renamed the gala and moved to the Scottish Rite. But the original costume ball was held at the Custom House with a smaller group, less than 100 people. And during that night, people would come out. We had uh, great costumes. We had awards, uh, fun music. It, it, was a, it was a cool night, being inside a haunted building on Halloween. I mean, that alone was absolutely amazing. It eventually became a much bigger event, more uh, professionally organized, but at the beginning, it was very grassroots and people had a good time so we had the first floor gallery set up for the party we had these uh <laughs> just like a regular stereo with some rented speakers uh, to play the music it, it was all you needed it was so much fun so the people who came were people who were close to the uh, paranormal group i used to be part of and you'd have uh, investigators and psychics uh, people in the field and they would all come dressed in their their favorite costumes uh, so you had quite a charged evening you can imagine putting a hundred paranormally minded people <laughs> inside of the most haunted building in hamilton and that's basically what that event was so much fun but you also had the opportunity for experiences and it happened during one i believe it was the second one we did there it was only two or three and a very well-known psychic in the city, she went downstairs to use the washroom and she came out into the area. She hadn't toured the basement at this point, but she felt something that was drawing her to that closed steel door I mentioned. So she wanted to go through it. I mean, you might be thinking, don't do that. You know, this is where horror movies start. She's going to die, whatever you think. <laughs> it doesn't happen in real life, but I mean, she wasn't scared. She's a psychic. She's done this before. So she goes. She opens the door. It's it's never locked. Uh, walks inside, and the vault is on her right, and she she feels the, the vault, but just heads it past it because what's drawing her into the room takes her into where the basement stairs are, and she's standing at the door. In the hallway, looking into that room with the basement stairs, and she felt something was inside there. And she heard some light movement, but didn't see anybody. You know, tried to communicate, but nothing was coming back. And after a little while, she's like, okay, the energy's strange, but I mean, she hears the music playing upstairs. I'd rather go uh, have a beer and party. So she turns to go, and as she's walking down the hallway, she says she got this, this weird feeling in her mind that like something was somebody was staring at her and uh, like the hairs on the back of her neck lifted up so she turns around and looks and here's how she described it she says this cute little boy 
is peeking his head out of the basement stairs room. She can just see like the top of his head from the nose up. And he's peeking. He's just like very nervously looking at her. It's like, you know, probably thinking, can you see me? Like, did you know I was there? And she turns around and she sees the boy and she just instinctively smiles to make him feel a little calmer. And what does he do? But ducks back into the room. So, I mean, that experience there tells me, first off, I mean, the psyche didn't know about the little boy uh, from the tour. She'd never been on the tour. First time in the basement, uh, seeing the boy like shy away like that. I mean, it just tells us so much about this kid that we didn't know before. And the main thing is he's, he's obviously shy. You know, originally you just think he's lethargic and bored that he doesn't really care about being in the building. But then you realize, no, that's not it. When the people saw him sitting on the stairs before, it was probably almost like a, uh, you know, you're violating the, his space. Uh, so for that reason, he just sat on the stairs and kept his head down. That's, that's how I see it, that he was just shy. So Amazing Night, we learned about this, this wonderful spirit. Now, we don't do the tours inside the custom house anymore. I don't know if this is ever going to change down the road. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, I'm doubting it at this point. Fingers and toes crossed, though. But you can still visit the place. And I'll give you um, the uh, location. It's the Workers Arts and Heritage Center. And it's down on Stewart Street in the north end of Hamilton. Uh, during the daytime, I'm not sure if they're open up yet. I assume they are. Everybody else is. Uh, you can go and see the museum, and then uh, what you just do is you just go down and use the washroom. It, I wouldn't rummage around in there at all. I mean, it's you, you can ask for permission and go have a look. Uh, you know, tell them you're into the history. Don't say the ghosts. And, uh, you know, go have a look. Maybe they'll give you a supervised tour. You can see the vault, and you can see the basement stairs. But, uh, yeah, you can definitely go visit there during the daytime as the Workers' Arts and Heritage Museum. So go, go check it out. And if you see the boy, uh, tell him Daniel says hi. Now, I didn't really know what to do for this segment. I knew how I wanted to cover it, but I didn't know exactly what the meat of it would be. A few ideas popped into my head. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Ghost Meter Pro, which is a paranormal tool kind of like an EMF detector, but it's got this really cool uh, communication feature. And I was thinking, okay, during the segment, I could have one of the ghost meters running in the background, and I thought, ah, it's probably going to be a little too distracting. But the idea is not lost. I'm thinking in the future future episode, I might set up a ghost meter pro every, every now and then. Because one of the coolest things that happens with this, this tool is that when you have it in communication mode and you're talking and you're in a, say you're in a haunted place, for example, and you're using it and then you, ha- you, you get distracted, you're talking to somebody who's with you there and you're like, oh yeah, no, I forgot I have to go grocery shopping afterwards. It's, it's funny that the Ghost Meter Pro will sometimes react to your conversation. So if you, if you say something like, oh, should I get milk? The Ghost Meter Pro might actually tick yes, which I've always been amazed by that. I've, I've done it um, during the hunts, and I'm going to cover, I'm going to use a an experience from the Cambridge Post Office. It's the old building, uh, infamously haunted by the woman Emily. 
and uh, I'd been using it during the event and people would have it on in the group and I would be talking about the ghosts of the building and how you're doing the investigation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as I'm talking, the meters would be responding to me. So I'd say something like, the spirits haunt this place so deep. These are not actual words, but so deeply and it would agree with me or would disagree with me. And then I get upset and it was like, we're almost like a comedy duo up there. So it is a very interesting tool. And when I first heard about it and I heard about this communication mode, I had no idea what I'd be in for. This is going back years and years ago. The original investigation nights that were created were done at the Custom House, last segment, just in Hamilton here. And the Ghost Meter Pro was added later on. It was originally just the EMF detectors, the pendulums, the divining rods, and of course the dreaded Ouija board. And the Ghost Meter Pros were added as, you know, bring a little bit more scientific type tools and the ones that use the batteries into the fray. And when I was told about this communication mode, I'm like, how does that even work? I mean, it's an EMF detector. It can take in the energy, but how does it convert it to words? Not words, but basically yes and no answers. So I wasn't sure. So I brought in a couple of them just to test it out. And I was absolutely amazed. I mean, right from the beginning, going into this really haunted place, you had these meters that were being held by different people. So you, like, there's no control. It's all very automatic. Set the communication mode, and then you talk. You ask questions that are yes and no answers. And if it ticks once, it's a yes. If it ticks twice, it's a no. Sometimes there'll be sounds behind the yes and no to make it very adamant to say this is a very strong yes or a strong no. And I would sit there and I would watch the thing answer the questions and it would be confirming things we already knew. So this is how you can easily test a tool is that if you know a story that has deep experiences inside of a building and you're asking the questions of this meter and it's confirming that for you, it's not really contradicting anything at all, then you have something that's very legit. So talking to it, asking the questions, it seemed to be pretty cool. That was us doing the testing. So then I, I fell in love with this device, so I then ordered 20 of them. Uh, we used to sell them at one point, which, my God, going back to that time, I wish we could bring that back, but uh, sadly, the guy who made those has stopped making them. You can only get the regular ghost meters that doesn't have the communication mode. I'm thinking, why is it always when there's something that actually works and works well that we lose it? Like, I mean, the things that work well, you should make more of them. So I order 20 of them. I bring them in. Uh, I think I have maybe 12 left today because once one breaks, there's nobody to fix it. There's no way to replace it. So, you know, the, as they break, then I won't have them anymore. I think I have 12 on hand. I, I can't remember. But I bring them to the event. We hand them out to large groups of people. And then we send them off into a haunted building, see what happens. And don't worry, I mean, it sounds very ominous, but they all come back alive. Don't worry. Most of the time. No, I'm just kidding. They, they all come back alive. So they send them off. They use the communication mode. And you can't believe how popular that tool became. Because seriously, you would have a group of 10 people in the same space. Let's say the attic, for example. And you could hear the meters going off in the distance. It was weird that as sometimes they would almost sync with each other. 
it's they, they definitely would answer they would confirm each other so you'd ask oh is the caretaker inside this space in the custom house attic and you would get yeses not from just one i said yeses plural you'd get yeses from multiple meters they would confirm each other i mean that alone is a great way to test the meter as well to make sure that it's not just random answers that are being put forth that somehow it is reading the energy that's coming into the device so people would use this they would be absolutely amazed by it i'm telling you these uh investigation nights maybe an hour an hour and a half and i always told people if you were bored of investigating just come down to the gallery and we would do what i called a ghost story exchange which was so much fun they would tell me their stories i'd tell them mine and for the most part when the meters were fully out there nobody came down to hear my stories yes it was sad for me and yes i stood in the empty room with my head down crying but that's okay because i was happy the event was going well and people were having a good time and sometimes one or two people would come down just because they felt bad for me and then I would tell stories, I'd be so excited, it'd be fine. But the meters worked. Amazing. The meters worked. So uh, Ghost Meter Pro. Now, I need to do a quick warning before I talk a little bit about an experience from the Cambridge Post, is that there is a Ghost Meter and a Ghost Meter Pro, and unfortunately, they look exactly the same. So you can get a Ghost Meter off of eBay, today there's there's many of them i believe the um uh, alibaba has them as well but it's not the pro you got to make sure that it says pro on it otherwise you don't get the communication mode and then all you're getting is just a regular emf detector and i have not been able to find the pro anywhere so don't be fooled don't get the regular ghost meter get the pro and if you can find it let me know gg daniel at ghostwalks.com and i will buy them all before you can even get to it that's how quick I am and how determined I am. So going to the Cambridge Post Office, this is the only location that we have left to do a ghost hunt in. Most of the other places, either it just turned into a walk or they didn't want this type of event at all. Sad, but true. So the Cambridge Post Office is still with us. Uh, they will be coming back this year in September when we can take advantage of the early darkness and do some hunts. So inside the Cambridge Post, we knew that the place was haunted by a main spirit known as Emily. Now, Emily fits around a legend I've talked about before. It was the original postmaster in the legend who supposedly had an affair with this young worker in the post office named Emily. And when uh, his wife was going to find out about the affair, it is said that the postmaster killed the young lady. I believe he pushed her down some stairs in the building or she hanged herself. I forget how the, that legend ended, but she died and she haunts the place angry because of how she was jilted and the, the justice she never received from this person who caused her death. So she haunts the place. Now, many historians have dove into that building's history trying to find any evidence at all that Emily was a real person, that there was a death or slash suicide inside the space. And when you dive that deep, when it comes to a legend like this, you know, you're ruining the fun, yes, but you're also proving that that history didn't exist. And in the end, sadly, Emily was proven not to be real. You might say, oh, it's just the uh, skeptics saying that she's not 
to disprove the ghost, but that's not the case. They did not find any evidence at all that her events from the legend ever happened. But that doesn't mean that the energy isn't there. And this is an idea I have talked about before is that you can have an energy inside a building if it's been believed in for so many generations. Isn't that cool? This is the same with the dark lady at the custom house. It's this idea that a legend may have a small grain of truth in history, but it can be blown out into this amazing energy if it's believed in by enough people because we're all made up of the same exact energy. So you talk about Emily not being there and the history doesn't exist, but it doesn't mean that there isn't ghost stories that prove her to be real. And maybe it's a different energy that's inside the space that's just pretending to be Emily because they know that's what people want. It's like a performer on stage. It's like you give the people what they want. So how this factors into the Ghost Meter Pro is very unique. And I kind of mentioned it a little bit with the idea that the meters can confirm each other. So you ask a question, they all say yes. So inside this building, when we first started the hunts, you know, I would tell people at the beginning, oh, I don't think Emily's real. The legend has been proven not to be based upon history and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they would go off and do their investigation and guess what was the one main energy that would talk to them? You guessed it, Emily. Emily, the only energy that seemed to be featured in that entire building on that night, the very first night. So not only did she talk through the ghost meters, like, is this Emily? Tick, yes. Uh, you know, are you the only ghost haunting the building? Tick, yes. And sometimes you'd have that, which is like the adamant yes behind it, because it was just probably tired of all the questions. So multiple meters all answering that it was Emily. And not just the meters. I mean, using the divining rods and the spaces, you know, they cross for a positive, so you can ask yes and no questions. Using the pendulums, we can spin one way for yes, another way for no. Using the dreaded Ouija board, which obviously can give full sentences and full communication back. And all of the tools were confirming the same thing. Emily is the main ghost of the Cambridge Post Office. So the ghost meter not only proves that that energy was coming through, answered the question of who it is in a very adamant way, and not only confirmed each of the meters with its very positive responses, but also confirmed all of the spiritual tools, such as the pendulums, divining rods, and the Ouija board, that the main energy of the building was Emily. So again, every single time I'd go out to do one of these hunts, I'm absolutely amazed at what comes back with these Ghost Meter Pros, and I'm devastated that the person who was making is this fellow down in Florida who made them isn't making them anymore. I, I, I think I emailed him one time and the email doesn't work anymore. I hope he comes back. His name is George. You know, I won't give his last name, but just put, put that energy out in the universe to George in Florida. I'm sure the energy will find him and say, George, start making Ghost Meter Pros again. Because guess what? You found it. You found the secret to ghosts. <laughs> you found the perfect way to communicate with them. And we need you, man. We need you back on this. Okay, just a couple quick updates before I let you go. Um, first off, I will be one of the guides this Friday the 13th in 2022 in May. It's the only one of the entire year. I will be one of the guides leading at the Hermitage that night. 
first hermitage in a very long time as well so it's like this perfect storm is coming together one of the most haunted places in hamilton is or it's in ancaster is the hermitage ruins i'm on the 8 p.m tour i believe there's only a couple spots left at the time of me recording this podcast so if you're interested and the other guide's doing a wonderful job too uh, just go to ghostwalks.com and a very important note for you guys there is no show next week which uh, is the May 18th. I will not be doing a show on the 18th. I will return back on May 25th, and I have a good one for you. I have some new experiences from a haunted house on Augusta Street in Hamilton that was once known as the Winkin Judge Restaurant. So I will come back on Wednesday, May 25th with that amazing show. That's it, everyone. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in two weeks.